0: Thank you for joining me on episode 72 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today we explore how were you uniquely created, every single one of us is created unique and on purpose. We are here for two reasons, to know God and to make him know. So let's look at the three ways that you find your sweet spot. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. And today I really wanted to kind of go over purpose. The show is called Unique on Purpose. Well, really, what does that mean? Well, let me give you a little backstory. Years ago, when I was children's pastoring, We were, the church itself, we were in the middle of a building project. And when you are in the middle of a building project wanting to expand your church building, you don't just get the adults on board, you get the kids along with it as well. So I was downstairs, because our kids' church was downstairs in the basement of the church, and I was sharing with them about our building project and really trying to cast the vision for them. So they understood what we were doing. And I had them all on the floor. I said, okay, crisscross applesauce. And I want you to close your eyes. I want you to envision with me the new church. And I asked them to walk through the front doors. And I said, on the left-hand side, there's the stage. What's on the stage? And they're all yelling what they're envisioning in their head. We see drums. We see lights. We see a guitar. There's microphones. Okay. Now go to your, go to your right. What do you see? And they're telling me what they see. And I said, okay, now let's walk to the right. There's going to be a door. I want you to walk outside that door and it's going to be outside. And there's a playground. What do you see? And as they're all sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce with their eyes closed, they're yelling what they see on the playground. Pastor Rachel, I see slides and I see swings and there's monkey bars. And then when I say this, it was like a bolt of lightning hit me. That's how I know this moment was from Jesus. Because on the outside, you would think this was just a regular moment with a bunch of kids. But God did something in me at this very moment as the kids are all yelling what they see outside in this playground. This little boy, Jaden, probably about second grade, he has cerebral palsy and also uh, other underlining conditions and kind of has a little speech impediment. And he yells with his eyes closed so tight I see Jesus. Now, if you work in kids ministry long enough, you know that that's the answer to every question that you ask is Jesus. But again, this was different. It was as if a bolt of lightning had hit me. And at that moment, I felt God download John chapter 9. I didn't know what was in John chapter 9. I just knew I was supposed to go there. Kids church closed. All the kids went, they left with their parents, and I went and looked up John chapter 9. This is the New Living Translation, John chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus heals a man born blind. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Then Jesus replied, verse 3. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one will work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6. Then he spit on the ground, made mud from saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. This verse hit me hard as I sat and thought about the little cerebral palsy boy that was in my kid's church. Many in the world may look at him and claim that God is not good because of the way his body is because it's not functioning what we all would say is quote normal but i realized at that moment not that i had any disposition towards special needs people Um, i have a severely autistic brother i know what it's like growing up having to help someone else out who cannot function for themselves i get that this boy can function for himself but I just realized at that moment that oftentimes God allows for things to be quote unquote not normal so he can be glorified. And over the years I have thought about that and when I started this podcast I realized I wanted it I wanted it to be called unique on purpose. Because everyone has something specifically unique about them. We're, we're on this earth for two reasons. That is to know God and to make him known. Those are it. And God uses our uniqueness, sometimes our deficiencies, to allow people to know him. And I knew at that moment that that little cerebral palsy boy was going to lead people to Jesus because specifically how he was, how he was uniquely created. Even with the cerebral palsy, God was going to use that to lead people to Jesus. And there are many of you listening. You see yourself as deficient. Some way, somehow, you see something that God has uniquely placed inside of you, but you see it as a disadvantage. It could be something as simple as, well, I'm short, or I'm too tall, or I'm fat, or my face looks like this. I don't look like a supermodel. It could be something in that arena, or it could be something a little bit more severe as, I have ADHD, I have autism. I am blind just like the man in John chapter four. And there are times when people as well as ourselves will say, God, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did they do wrong that they are like this? And the answer is simply, God wants to glorify himself through you. Don't get me wrong. People misunderstand when I say this because there are times when people are deficient and people are disabled in some way, shape or form because of somebody else's sin. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when people are born with specific deficiencies or they have a negative quality about themselves. It could very well be that that deficiency or that negative quality, God wants to flip it around and use it for his glory. And I have so many examples of that that I've seen in my life. Think about when you were a child. What was it that people complained about you the most? What were you criticized for the most? Oftentimes, what you were criticized for most as a child is going to be your greatest asset as an adult. I was always told how annoying I was because I talked too much and because I had a lot of energy. I had tons of energy and my nickname in high school was spaz. I hated it. I hated being called spaz. A spaz because I had a lot of energy and I expelled that upon anyone who would listen. But being that spaz, being that person that talks a lot kind of gives you an idea of purpose. It gave me an idea of what my possible purpose was. And I came across this article from Ramsey Solutions, Ken Coleman. If you don't know who Ken Coleman is, I highly recommend that you check out his podcast, his radio show. He talks a lot about purpose, but more specifically, how you find your purpose. He calls himself America's career coach and he gives 3 ways to find your sweet spot, your unique purpose. And these aren't new. These 3 areas are areas that I have seen in books that I have read in different news articles, but he says, find your sweet spot. That is the most practical advice I have when it comes to finding your purpose. All right, so let's talk about that. How do you find your unique purpose in your sweet spot? Well, the first thing you need to do is write down what you do best. What is your talent? Talent is all about identifying and owning your natural skills and abilities, and then working on them. And I'm using myself as an example just because I'm here and I can. I like to talk. I'm good at talking. I'm good at communicating. I'm also good with people and building relationships. I'm good at public speaking all throughout high school. I was the theater kid. If I wasn't in the play, I was directing it. If I wasn't directing it, I was running lights. I know how to be in front of an audience. I also know how to do improv. Those are things I'm good at. Look at the things that you aren't good at, too. That's a key. I do not like secretarial work. I was the secretary, I want to say, for probably three or five years. And I loved the place that I was working. I hated the work because I'm not much of an administrator. And that's okay. Stereotypically, because I'm female, people would assume that I have a ton of administrative skills, but I don't. So look at what you are good at, but also look at the things that you're not good at. And if you are struggling with figuring out what you are good at, ask a friend, ask your mama, ask your brother, your sister. Oh, if you have a sister, ask your sister because she will tell you the truth. She will tell you not just what you're good at, what you're not good at and to stay away from, but ask other people. I had to do this because I was sitting back going, okay, Lord, what is my purpose? What am I good at? I'm really struggling to figure this out. So I went to some of my friends and I said, tell me what I'm good at. And someone who is outside of me was able to say, these are the gifts and talents that I see inside of you. Also, think back to when you were a kid. I talked about this just a couple minutes ago. What was it that you were complimented on the most? What subjects were you great at in school? Again, these are going to give you clues as to what you are good at. So, to find your sweet spot, number one, make a list of your talents, what you're good at. Number two, what are you passionate about? Passion is huge. What keeps you up at night? This is not something that you're just good at. You have to love it. In order to find your passion, you need to think about the activities that just spike that level, that get you excited, that bring out emotion in you, that bring out your devotion. When you're working, And yet time just seems to fly by. You're looking at the clock going, wow, it's already been two hours. I feel as though I've only been working on this for a couple minutes. It's something that you come to life. You'll figure this out oftentimes when you're just in conversation with people and a certain topic comes up. And when your voice fluctuates, when it gets a little bit higher, when your speaking becomes more rapid, It's kind of a sign that, oh, wait, this is a passion of mine. It could be politics. It could be human trafficking. It could be, I don't know, as something as simple as numbers, loving math, loving numbers. That's definitely not me. But find where your passion is for your sweet spot. Number one, what are you gifted and talented at? Number two, what are you passionate about? Now let's move on to mission Mission is really what makes your life have meaning. It's problems that you want to solve. I had a pastor who would always ask, what's your fight? What is it that you want to fight for? Tim Elmore, uh, I've read quite a few of Tim Elmore's books. He's kind of an expert in millennials as well as Gen Z. And he always says, what makes you angry? And I asked somebody this question the other day trying to find out their mission. What what makes you angry? And he said, well, I never get angry about anything because I, th- I think that being angry is pointless. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding what I'm trying to convey. When I say what makes you angry, what is it that you see that brings a rise out of you and you say to yourself, something needs to be done about this? Let's take human trafficking, for example, you see on the news, women, children being sold into the sex industry. For me, one of my missions in life is to help people find their uniqueness. It makes me angry when I see people who don't understand their uniqueness, that take their uniqueness and And use it as a way to victimize themselves and expect other people to bow down to that victimhood. I want people to know that they were created unique on purpose. That is a problem that I personally want to solve. So what is it for you? Who do you want to help? What problems do you want to fix? What's the result of your work that makes your heart feel full? These are direct questions from Ken Coleman himself. And if you're still struggling with, well, what's my mission? Think back to a time when you made a difference in someone's life. What were you doing and how did it make you feel? Now let's look at all three of those again. Your sweet spot is number one, what you're talented at, what you do best what the giftings that God has placed inside of you or giftings that you have developed over time. Number two, your passion, what you love to do the most. And then third, your mission, who you want to help. We all want to help people. I ask people all the time, well, what do you wanna do with your life? Well, I want to help people. We all want to help people. When it comes to your mission, you need to ask more specifically, who is it? That I want to help. When you marry those three together, that's where you're going to find your sweet spot. That is what's going to help you with your purpose. In the show notes, I am going to place that Ken Coleman article so you can read it for yourself because I want you to be able to make a list of those three areas and find your sweet spot where your uniqueness is. Remember, we are on this earth for two reasons. Do you remember what those are? It is to know God and to make him known. We do those two things by our purpose. Something else I'm going to put in the show notes is a book called Stuck. This is written by Terry Walling, and it's a navigation book to help leaders as they are transitioning. But I found this book incredibly helpful, not only out of making a transition in my life, but realizing what my purpose was here on this earth. And he goes into how in your 20s and your 30s, you're really gathering information. You're kind of learning new skills, you're picking up wisdom. And in your 40s and 50s is when you're really executing a lot of that wisdom out and using the gifts and talents that God created you for. And then in your 60s and 70s, you're looking back saying, okay, how can I teach other people what I have done? So again, I'm also going to put those in the show notes, hoping that that will help you. So let's recap. How do you find your uniqueness? How do you find your sweet spot? You look at, number one, your talents. What is it that you do best? Number two, what is it that you are passionate about? And number three, what is your mission? What makes you angry? What problems do you want to solve? And you marry them together. And through those three things, your talent, your passion, your mission, you will discover your uniqueness and how you can know God and make him known. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast. I'm going to put that Ken Coleman article as well as Terry Walling's book stuck in the show notes. I would love for you to check those two out so you can further look into how you were uniquely created, how you can fulfill the purpose that God has placed inside of you. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe and remember you were created unique on purpose. You are loved and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next time.